0: Hello, and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about eight ways dads can be involved with breastfeeding. Now, we know that breastfeeding is mom-centric. It is entirely dependent on us. And we know that dads want to be involved too when a new baby comes. So this is a great episode to share with your partners. Now, before we jump in the episode, I want you to know that we love having you listening to the podcast, and we would love to be able to grow the show. So please share us with your family and friends. Now, going back into the episode, life as a new mom is stressful enough. Like, we all know that it's overwhelming in every possible way. And if you're breastfeeding, sometimes dads can feel a little left on the sidelines, even though they're so excited and they want to be involved with the baby. But like I said, like, breastfeeding is entirely mom centric it is all about the mom and it falls solely on the mom we love the dad episodes don't we yeah
1: i think the dad episodes give lots of good information to both the mom and the dad and they give you some information so that you can work as a team instead of everything revolving around the baby and the mom right because the dad does play such an important role but sometimes he kind of gets feeling left out or left behind.
0: And I think that really does happen a lot when you're breastfeeding because it all falls on us. Like it really is. And so I think getting them involved is a really great way uh, to not feel left to make sure that they don't feel like they're left on the sidelines or left behind. Um, And it also helps with, you know, bonding with the baby and adapting to your new life as a family.
1: Yeah, I know Peter has helped you out on your breastfeeding journey. So you've come up with what, eight different, different points as to how dads can help out with breastfeeding?
0: Yeah, so I came up with eight ideas just to like, and some of them are just so easy and just like kind of no brainers, but it is a really great way to like, articulate or, you know, speak to your partner and say like, this is how I need you to help me, or this is how I need you to support me in our breastfeeding journey. Because, you know, we've, I've talked about it before. Breastfeeding is not easy as natural as it is. It is not a natural skill for a lot of women, if not most women, it takes practice. It's a lot of hard work. Um, And it's, you know, blood, sweat, and tears quite often. And there's no shame to that. Um, And so this is a good way to articulate your needs and get your partner involved. So like the first one I would say is to a husband, get up for a night feeding. Just for like, okay, so obviously like with breastfeeding, the dad is not gonna be feeding at all, obviously. But you can still get up you know when the alarm goes off in those early early weeks where you know you're feeding every 3 hours or on demand if an alarm goes off or the baby wakes up you know get up with mom and either do change a diaper change the diaper let her kind of wake up and get herself situated but like change the diaper or ask if she needs anything does she need another pillow does she need a breastfeeding pillow do does she need you to you know, hold the baby while she goes and pees before she starts feeding, because there's nothing more like the worst feeling of like when you get situated and you're starting to feed. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I need to pee. And then you feel rushed. Um, And so, you know, if the baby's crying, you know, get up, hold the baby while she goes and pees and then gets herself situated and ready even just like go get her water because, you know, breastfeeding is so dependent on hydration and it's so important to stay hydrated. And, you know, as soon as that baby latches on, it's like the Sahara desert in your mouth. It's just like, you're so parched and, you know, get up for the five minutes is to change a diaper, hold the baby, get a water. And then once feeding starts, if you need to go to sleep, like that's it. It's just, there's a nice little, like, I'm not in this alone. Because I know I am not the only one who has ever kind of looked down at your sleeping partner in the middle of the night and just been like, oh, I'm so jealous. So jealous of you sleeping right now when you're up feeding. Like it's just that feeling of just like, ugh, oh, enjoy your sleep.
1: Like <laughs> I actually have a few friends who the father, when the baby would wake up or the alarm would go off, would would get the baby and do the diaper change and you're right because like even when you are breastfeeding like you you're right you have to prop yourself up get situated so like there is a little bit of maneuvering to do and then while you're doing that the diaper has to be changed anyway so change the diaper and strip the baby right
0: yeah and that's, that's stripping the baby is another great thing right and there's so much for new for many newborns, or if they have jaundice, you know, waking up for feedings is really hard. And one of the techniques to kind of wake a baby up, if they need to be fed is to kind of strip them down so that you can tickle their feet or, you know, get them in a onesie and that type of stuff um, to try and wake them up. So yeah, having them do that, but it shows like, I'm not that moms aren't in this alone, right? Like dads are going to make that sacrifice and get up for those five minutes or 10 minutes and then go back to sleep. Yes. The dads are going to be tired, you know, everybody is tired when you bring home a newborn, but you know, it's just nice to know that you're not alone in the middle of the night. Um, Especially in the very beginning, when you're learning everything, you're trying to figure things out. And even, you know, like with the night feedings of like, Oh, do you need help getting positioning? Because sometimes positioning is hard, especially when you're learning and your baby's learning and you, or you're recovering from a C-section and you need an extra hand. You know, that's getting up in the night is a big deal, I think, just to show that you're willing to make that sacrifice. Um, So our next one, and (laughs) I have told Peter this many times, don't rush the feedings. So any feeding session, whether it's breastfeeding or bottle feeding is, is more than just getting the food, the milk, the formula into the baby. It's about bonding. So don't put a time limit on the feeding or like that whole feeding session. If, you know, you go up and you're going to you're sitting on your bed or you're sitting on the couch and you're watching, you know, a show while you're feeding and then you know have a husband like don't let them say, "Hey, you know, that baby's not eating anymore. Like, you should be like let's go. Don't Dad's don't do that. Don't rush the feedings. It's about bonding, let them relax, enjoy that time because it's just don't put a time limit on it. There's something very special about, you know, being with your baby and, and just having that kind of quiet one-on-one time, you know, making that eye contact, you know, smelling those smells. And that's not just, not just specific to breastfeeding. Like, I think that's for bottle feeding or breastfeeding.
1: Um, Well, and the thing is like the same goes with if a dad's doing like skin to skin like don't put a time limit on that either right unless of course the baby has to be fed <laughs> we're all about the schedules when it comes to feeding but right like dads get time as well
0: absolutely yeah and but yeah so like in those times where there's bonding happening don't don't rush it um okay so the next one is kind of is a little specific to like if you're in the hospital or um, you're, and you're having visitors, or if you're at home and you're having visitors. Uh, and one of the that is to be for the husband to be like mom's protector. So you know, especially if this is your first baby, you you might not have accepted the reality of like you still have pri- that you don't have privacy anymore. Your body is not your own anymore. Um, everybody has seen you naked and inside your vagina, you know, you might not be comfortable with that yet. So, you know, as a partner, um, you can act as their protector to say, like, if you have guests, like, okay, um, it's time to feed, like, let's go out in the hall. If you're at the hospital or just like go for a walk or like bye, visiting hours are done, like, shoo, if you're at home, um, so that mom is not trying to struggle with trying to latch and get into position and being covered because you know mom might not be comfortable just whipping a boob out um I think that comes with a lot of confidence, you know to get to that level of like not caring if your boob is out um and who sees it
1: well and some some women will never get to that level
0: absolutely right yeah yeah And I think it could also be situational, like in some situations, I'm totally fine. Just have my boob out and I don't care. Um, And there are other times or certain people that I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to, I don't want you to see my boob. Um, I'm going to go like upstairs or I'll cover up if I don't want to leave. So like as a dad, you can give mom that voice be be mom's voice without her having to be the bad guy saying like time's up so you can act as the protector um to remove that uh, remove the audience so that mom can comfortably nurse without having to worry about being covered up or like you know showing a boob that's a new one i think and it took me like i said like in some situations i'm fine with it and then other situations and other people i'm not okay with it Um, strangers, I'm, I'm pretty okay with it, but it's like certain family members. I'm just like, I don't really want you to see my boob. But like I said, I think for a lot of first time moms, that might be a bit more of a struggle or, you know, a feeling present as opposed to maybe repeat moms. I think in other times too, like with the idea of like dad or spouse or partner being mom's protector that carries over to, you know, for labor delivery, and after, whether you're breastfeeding or not.
1: Yeah, I think dad can definitely be mom's voice when she's not comfortable with the situation because you have to remember, you know your partner really well, you know probably what she would be comfortable with and things that she wouldn't be comfortable with. And if you're unsure, you can always have that conversation ahead of time. The other thing you might want to have uh, prepared ahead of time is kind of a canned answer as to how you're going to deal with certain situations. So like if she has to feed, like how in advance you're going to kind of get people out of the room or kind of funnel people away from where uh, feeding normally happens, right? So sometimes when you think of different scenarios as to what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with, you can kind of come up with tailored answers so that dad's prepared and mom feels feels like uh, she's advocated for.
0: Yeah, you can even have a hand signal. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, for seeing as you can't see us because you're listening to us. I did a a squeezing hand motion. <laughs> time to squeeze. Time to milk. Um, but yeah, like having those, you know, a pr- like you said, a pre-planned situation. I think you know, funneling guests away or out of a space is probably more tailored to maybe um, maybe a hospital visit, which you know during COVID odds are, aren't happening, but at some point, hopefully normal life will, you know, our pre-life will come back and, or something similar. And you'll be able to have family come and visit you at the hospital when you have a baby. But yeah, I think having, having your partner as a protector is, is just, it lessens one stress that a mom could have about a situation or certain people coming to visit. Cause let's be honest, like we all know that You know, there are certain family members that we have, that you have in a family that you're just kind of doing lip service or you're not a hundred percent comfortable with, but they insist on coming. And also don't assume this is kind of me going on a soapbox here, but don't assume that people because their family are going to respect what you want and won't have an opinion and be like, oh, I did it this way because that will happen.
1: It's definitely going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Quite often, family are the ones who don't respect your decisions. So also be prepared for that. If it's maybe going against the grain or you've made a choice for your what's best for your family and what you and your partner are comfortable with, um, don't assume that everybody's going to support you in that and won't fight you on it. So having a prepared you know, way to handle it between you and your spouse or you and your partner is, is a good way to kind of ease the stress of that, those type of situations.
1: And the funny thing is you probably know in advance the people in your life who are going to do this to you, right? So you can kind of come up with how you, how you'll best handle them in advance.
0: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Like you, you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, I got one of those. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. Like, I think just most families do have those people, but.
1: Well, it could even be a friend too, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a family member. It just could be someone, you know, it could be a colleague at work, like, but there's always kind of that know-it-all person who does everything perfectly in their mind and their way is the only way that you're going to have that sort of issue with.
0: Or even like, I know we're kind of going on a bit of a tirade, but like, even, you know, about touching your baby. Because quite often those little signs were like, please don't touch me. I am small and your germs are too big for me. Like those are really cute Um, because like we can, I have had strangers touch my babies like in the grocery store. And I'm like, I don't know you don't touch my baby.
1: Um, Yeah. It kind of freaks you out a little bit when that happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But like also, you know, coworkers or friends, you might not be comfortable, especially in this type of climate right now that we're in with COVID like, you know, do you let other people handle the baby or touch the baby? And like those questions and, and not knowing whether you're comfortable, but like you do what's best for you and having your, your partner be able to say like, no, draw the line and be like, no, like you need to back off because it takes the stress off of mom. Who's probably already stressed about situation already of like either following a schedule or trying to get baby latch or, you know, have they pooped today? Are they sleeping? Uh, I'm hormonal, like, you know, all these things that they're stressing out about and going through their head just relieves one, one thing off of their, their plate.
1: So what do you have for number four?
0: Uh, number four is an easy one and it's do the diaper changes, not just at night during the day To, If you're home, do the diaper changes. Dad uh, gets
1: to deal with all this shit. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's a good segue dealing with the shit of people who are not respecting you or, you know, not comfortable being around at certain times. Um, But then also dealing with the literal shit. Um, Yeah. Before, after feeding, like, there you go, dad, it's your job. It's, you know, it sounds so simple, but it makes a world of difference. It really does. And like I said, during night at night, like just getting up, doing that diaper change and then going back to bed will lessen the resentment that we're not, you know, that your mom is not getting as much sleep as you are.
1: Well, and (laughs) I I didn't breastfeed, but I literally did not change a diaper for any of the kids for the first six weeks. Cause because I had a C-section, Keith didn't want me bending over. So he made sure that I did not change a diaper for the first six weeks. After that changed many diapers, still changed lots of diapers, but, uh, diaper changes was one thing that he was really good at, particularly with the boys. Cause there's two of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Peter was really good at good with diaper changes, like with Freya and even with Finn as well. Um, but I think it shifts when, you know, if you're a repeat mom and you're, you know, going from one baby to two babies and then two babies to three babies, there's a different, a definitely a different um, job description for your partner or dad um, when it comes to the baby and how they interact with the baby with every like new addition to the family. There's definitely. Because new- they've
1: got older kids to deal with, right? Like yeah, when you that- have older kids to deal with, then the dad ends up kind of dealing with that because the mom has to deal with some of the baby stuff.
0: Absolutely. Especially breastfeeding. A- 100%. As you add to your family, the roles for dad change because you have older kids and those, those older kids become kind of his priority and his job description and baby is mom's. Uh, I definitely noticed that with Maeve this time, like it's massively different. His experience with Maeve is massively different than what, uh, with the other two. Um, but sorry, again, we digress. Kind of a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So number five, ask what what side mom wants baby on. So, you know, it does take time to get comfortable and positioned and get the pillow and you know, kind of get in your position for feeding. And while mom is settling in if you're holding the baby, you know, a simple way to be involved is either, you know, if you want to be really involved, keeping track of like what side she fed on last. If you want to be like really really involved, um, and be like, Oh, I think you fed on this side. What side would you like the baby on and to hand off? Because, and so just a little bit easier to have the the baby's head positioned on whatever, you know, left or right side that you're going to be feeding because like really when you are beginning to breastfeed, it is, you know, it is a, it's, it's a job to like get in position, get everything situated as well as, you know, you might need an extra set of hands to position baby to get them to latch properly and comfortably. Or if you're trying a different position, like if you're trying the football hold or the cradle or the cross cradle, you know, all these different positions that you could try for breastfeeding. If you're not comfortable or you're recovering from a C-section, you might need an extra set of hands and dad, that's where you can come in and be like, okay, I'm going to hand you the baby you know, if you need an extra set of hands to hold the head while you latch or it's just be an extra set of hands and ask mom what side you want them on. It sounds so simple, but it makes a very big difference. It really does.
1: Well, and really it's all about supporting the mom with the breastfeeding. So if this is something simple that supports her, then, you know, that's something easy that you can do to help out.
0: Well, and actually that segue is really, really well into the next one, which again is so easy. So easy is get mom what she needs. If she needs another pillow to prop up her elbow, grab it. If she needs water or you can't reach it, needs to be moved closer or a drink, get it. She needs her phone, TV remote, like whatever it is. Um, If she needs an ice pack to sit on while she's feeding because her vagina is swollen still, get the ice pack and helps push it in, right? Like helps... (laughs) help lift a leg and shove that ice pack into her, onto her vagina.
1: Things you didn't think you would be doing when you Uh decided to become a parent.
0: But either way, C-section, like C-section, vaginal delivery, right? Like you're going to be naked.
1: Oh, and, and the dad is going to do things he never thought he was going to do. Right. And if And if
0: you question that, we both Keith and Peter have talked about that in their their dad episodes about, you know, th- doing things they never thought they would have to do.
1: Yeah. And it's just something you do as the partner and something you do as a parent, right? You just do whatever you need to do to be part of the situation. You're a yeah. team.
0: Yeah, you are a team. And sometimes that team needs ice on her vagina. Like it's just, <laughs> it, it is yeah. what it is. Um, so get that ice back. Also, like, you know, even if she hasn't asked for it, get her a fresh cup of coffee or tea, you know, or water, you know, just, you know, be considerate about what she might need. Because quite often too, women just in general, aren't maybe they don't want to be seen as, you know, high needs or demanding. So even if we need something, you know, there are some women who won't speak up and say, you know, I really need a cup of, a glass of water, or a cup of tea. Um, and not that it's, that makes you high, like high, high maintenance or demanding or anything, but it's just not in our personality to do that. Um, and, you know, you add in hormones where we perceive situations differently and, or, you know, not normally because we are struggling and riding the roller coaster of postpartum hormones. And, you know, so try and, anticipate her needs and just it just makes you feel a little bit more special and cared for that's that's all is just so get her what she needs um because you know her best let's be honest
1: yeah and think a uh, think ahead at things that you think she needs I like the coffee and tea thing right like you see mom getting a little tired you know she likes her afternoon tea just make it for her
0: yeah I, or bring her a snack I know Amanda always makes fun of me for when I say, you know, when you're going to sit down and you're going to feed, have snacks available because you don't know how long you're going to be there for. Amanda makes fun of me for that every time I bring it up. But I think it's true. And you know what? As a partner, you can bring snacks. Snacks yeah, are always I like, welcome.
1: We, we've uh, had this discussion before where like you, when you're breastfeeding, you love snacks, whereas I'm not a snacky person at all, like ever. So like... For me, it was that was never a priority. The water thing for a breastfeeding mom definitely big because you're right. Like you, you drink lots of water when you breastfeed. Uh, yeah. When you formula feed, the water is just kind of like your normal consumption. But when you're breastfeeding, you just drink lots and lots and lots of water. So that's always something a mom can use.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, another super simple one, which is number seven, I think. Yeah. Number seven, super simple is your role can be burping the baby as a dad or a partner, you get to hold the baby, you get to interact with baby. And then ultimately you become the hero who, who gets that big burp out of the baby, you know, like those stubborn burps, like you can become the burp master and that becomes, you know, your claim to fame during breastfeeding.
1: Well, and that can go for formula feeding or bottle feeding too, right? Like, because the baby regardless has to be burped. So if you want to be the burp master, go for it.
0: Yeah. And there are so many different burping techniques and let's be honest, you know, burping is not always the easiest. Some babies are really difficult to burp, but all babies need to burp. There is a level of discomfort that babies will have. And Sometimes it's a fight and it's a struggle and you have to, you, you, there are certain techniques that work on one baby and doesn't work well on the other baby. So you get to know your baby really, really well and what they like and what works really well for them. So it's a really great bonding, you know, experience for a dad who then is like, I know how to burp my baby. I know what they like. It, It really is a sense of pride. Well,
1: and every baby is different when it comes to burping too, right? Like there's certain kind of standard techniques, but then there's kids who might have like reflux or something else that, you know, they need something a little bit different, right? And it's figuring that out and working together with your baby to figure out what it is. And once you figure out what it is, it can be Pretty fulfilling because you're right. You're on the same wavelength with your baby. There's this bonding experience because you figured it out together. And I know Keith had a an experience with that, an experience like that with Porter. Porter was had a bit of reflux. He was kind of fussy when it came to burping and stuff, and he figured it out. So he's pretty proud of that one.
0: Well, actually, the reflux you bring up a really good point because so for so many babies who have reflux, you know, they have to be elevated and elevated for you know 15 20 30 minutes after after feeding bottle or breastfed and so you know that relaxed time for reflux could be is a great time for dad to you know have that bonding time which then frees up mom to you know go have a shower or you know go do something that she needs to do um or spend time with another another kid you know So the reflux is a really great point of like, you know, burping. And then that after feeding time is a really great time for bonding for dad to become that champion. And then I guess like the last, my last one, my number eight is, it really is a overarching kind of support piece for um, dads and partners is be prepared for and roll with the emotions. Because you know, the postpartum period is just such a challenging time. It is really hard. Our emotions are all over the place. We are on a roller coaster, and it is a struggle. And so being aware of that you know, the emotions that will be happening, kind of, you, know, you might have whiplash from us. Um, you might, you know, not be totally confused in what's happening. But being prepared for that, if you're prepared for that, you are able to support and just be present for it and just be like, I'm here for you. You can be the shoulder that she cries on the one who gives her a hug to like calm her down or, you know, it's, if you're prepared for it, you're going to be less reactive. And it'd be like, why are you so crazy? Because there is nothing worse than being told that you're acting crazy when you already feel like you are crazy.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to be called as crazy. <laughs> yeah. In that postpartum period. Because you you feel that way, right? Like your hormones are out of whack and stuff. But uh, you know, the dad really is such an important part of the team. And I think sometimes dads don't feel as important because They didn't go through the birthing process. Like they see the mom doing all this care for the baby, breastfeeding the baby. They see the mom going through the healing process, the crazy hormones and stuff. But like the dad is kind of the steady point, right? Like the dad is the steady for the mom. Like he's the backbone and, you know, he's, you're right. He's supporting the mom he is helping the mom. Like when it comes to breastfeeding, there are many ways that dads can be involved. And there's many ways that dads can be involved in general because you're a team, right? Like, and I think a lot of people don't focus so much on the the team aspect of the family, but, you know, they focus on the mom doing everything, right? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way, right? Like it's the mom and the dad together as co-parents, And unfortunately, there are some things that only the mom can do, like breastfeeding, but the dad can be involved, too. Thank you for listening to
0: this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.